listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 108 on EdReach. Lucas Gillespie goes virtual with Oculus Rift. This is Ed Gamer for Thursday, August 8th, 2013. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Very nice. Very rugged. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm Lucas. And Lucas? Yes, sir. Even though you've been on this show more than anybody, please <laughs> tell the world who you are. All right. I'm Lucas Gillespie. I'm an instructional technology coordinator for Pender County Schools, southeastern North Carolina. And uh, I'm a gamer and a geek. And so many directions in that title, I don't even know where to count. So, <laughs> Jerry? Okay. My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts educator from Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And let's put out some love out there, Jerry. Yay! Love. Love. Um... EdReach is hot on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher is the hottest radio platform on the Internet, and they're taking education forward by giving EdReach and education innovators everywhere a great place to publish content. Listen to EdReach shows on Stitcher.com. We thank Stitcher for their support of the EdReach network. Lucas? Yeah. How the heck are you? I'm doing all right. How are yeah. you guys? Good. It seems you've been doing some uh, advocating of educators. I am. <laughs> Recently, in the Twitterverse, yeah, uh huh. We I don't know. We could talk about that later, but you just sure. had some recent. You've been traveling a lot. Where are some yes. places you've been this summer? Let's see. Went to um, San Francisco to the Gamification Summit. Uh, the Wild School Project won um, an award out there for uh, best use of uh, engagement techniques uh, and gamification. And um, that was really... Oh, thanks, thanks. No, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> no, that, that really... That, that goes to our kids um, and, and the teachers who've done all the work. Um, and I just kind of get to be the cheerleader uh, at this point and everything. Um, but you support it. I, I do. I do support it. And, and, um, and I wrote uh, a good portion of the curriculum along with Craig Lawson. And so... Um, you know, it was a group effort, definitely. Um, so that was it. Really exciting. Um, and then um, got asked to come out. This was really uh, out of the blue. Um, got asked to come to the E Virtuosis uh, co conference in France, Whoa. and um, shared the work that we were doing out there at a international conference. And um, uh, really interesting to get the uh, European perspective on things and um, be a part of that conference and be a part of a few panels and do some presentations out there. And then um, just got back today, flew in today from uh, Games and Education, uh, my absolute favoriteest K-12 Games and Education conference that there is. Um, and uh, First Playable Productions and uh, help really support that and put it on each year for um, teachers in the Albany, New York area. Um, but it is just, it's so cool, so down to earth and so relevant for people who are in the trenches 
like mm -hmm. us, educators, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, really good conference. A lot of good ideas and uh, stuff being shared there. So, yeah, it's busy, busy summer. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, you know, we've had a few guests from from Europe join the show, mm -hmm. and gaming is is pretty serious. It's very serious. Very over serious there. over there. So, what what was your I guess what was your take on it? Um, so so what I saw at uh, that conference was um, a couple of interesting things. Saw some. Um, there was a contest going on where um, college students were taking games, commercial games, Skyrim, I saw Skyrim, Civilization, um, StarCraft, and others. And what they had to do was um, mod those games in such a way to teach uh, about nonviolence. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, like the guys who took Skyrim, for example... Um, they had two villages, and and you were kind of, or not two villages, a village in the middle, and two warring armies. And your job was to, as a character, was to like basically go back and forth and produce a situation where they would basically put down their arms and stop and not fight each other, <laughs> to save the village that was called in between. Okay. Uh, yeah, this the uh, civilization one was. Um, was that four or five? That was Civilization Five, um, and it was a scenario in which um, you're playing Gandhi, and you <laughs> have the allegiance of several city-states around you. And I believe it was Cat Catherine the Great is beginning to attack those city-states, and so they're calling to you for help. But you're a nonviolent person, and so your job is to maintain, you know, help them out, maintain. Um, you know, your good relationship with them while trying to avoid war and also wow. getting destroyed yourself because Catherine the Great has this huge military force behind her. Yeah. And so, Gandhi's, Gandhi's pretty tough too, which is yeah. kind of, I find totally ironic for, for that game. Oh, yeah. So uh, so there was that component, and, th and that contest was going on. Um, there were a lot of uh, companies that were making um, serious games, games for health. There was a lot of gaming and health stuff going on there, which was really interesting. I met some really cool people um, out there that are do working in that area. Um, and so it was just a really great conference, and it was awesome that they asked me to come out. And um, it was actually my first time. Um, out of the country, so I had to get a passport for oh, it. Oh, passport, yeah. All, like, international and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of fun, um, and, and just really cool people. Um, the, the folks who put it on were amazing, and it was just a great yeah. conference. I hope to be able to go back sometime. That sounds that sounds great. Yeah. Hey, so the Games and Education Symposium, which is your favorite. Yeah. What, did, uh, what were some of the highlights of that? So, let's see. Um... There, there was a lot of, of Minecraft stuff going on. It was great to see that it was coming from uh, new people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I was there and Joel was there, um, but there there were a lot of other people beginning to, to carry on that conversation and talk about implementation, which was really cool because that means it's spreading. He likes that, um, too. Huh? He, Joel likes that. He doesn't, you know, he, he, yes, he has his product and everything, but he's like, Hey, there's other stuff out there. Let's mm -hmm. see it. It's gonna make it better for everybody else. That I, he's such a good guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's he's just awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, and and let's see what else. Um, saw an amazing 
Um, amazing session by a guy named Paul. I'm going to mess his name up. So, Paul, if you're listening, I apologize. Darvasi, I think. Um, he was from Canada, Toronto area. And he completely gamified uh, an entire unit on one flew over the cuckoo's nest um, with his students with no games at all. I mean, no video games at all. And, and, and to hear him explain how it went down was enthralling. It was brilliant. And what was what class was he doing this with? So this was senior guys. Uh, it was all psychology. Guys. Um, no, it was a uh, well. I think it was a language arts class. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the story. And, yeah. So, so they were reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and um, and it was near the end of the year. So when senioritis completely sets in, and people are just like, you know, I'm done, you know, that kind of thing. So um, he sets this up. He films some. Um, he creates characters, so everybody, are, everybody's characters, and then he assigns um, challenges and and things like that. But then he he creates a currency within his class, um, ju- and it's all based on the novel, the one one flew over yeah. the cuckoo's nest. So um, they they start talking about mental health, and and they he sets up this scenario where like. He he has this character that he's running as a side character. It's not the character he's playing, but he's really controlling the nurse, you know, mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes, and then um, convincing the kids to spy on each other, to get <laughs> secrets, and and report back to her. And and so eat, uh, cigarettes are the currency. Yeah. But you know, and interestingly enough, the the kids it wasn't such a big deal that you know cigarettes we, yeah. you know it was sort of like it was just based off of the book and so and they, and they weren't real cigarettes either yeah, so well, um, I hope not yeah just so just um, fascinating to to for him to explain how it unfolded and how the kids were going so far above and beyond what they had ever done before what they would normally do um, and and kids that were completely um, like just kids that were normally just checked out were completely engaged and well, and, and involved. We need to get we need to get his name. Yes, and, you did. Get that. I'll pass it along to him. And I told him that because I had mentioned um, at, at our last little time we were hanging out together, I mentioned you guys to him, and uh, I said, "I you they need to hear this." Oh story. yeah, and you know Pete Figtree, um, ruthless diastema. Okay, I don't know. He he does language arts high school role uh-huh. playing. Uh, yeah. In fact, at GLS, uh, it was one of those things. That was one of the themes that kind of bubbling up. People using role-playing games, using board games. Fiasco. I don't know if you know the game Fiasco. Mm-hmm. Role-playing game. Using those in the classroom. Um, just having mm-hmm. a different angle. It doesn't have to be a video game. doesn't have right. to be, you know, but that role-playing type of situation. That is really very, especially the novel, that's... That's a lot. Well, and it was just so fascinating because it, it, then it spun out into the community as well. So there were missions that they were getting that were wow. encur- that were encouraging them to go out and research like mental health issues and, yeah. and that kind of thing, and and um, and visiting the local um, you know mental health um, places and and that kind of thing, and. Um, and it was all choice. It was all free choice. I mean, he offered them like, look, if you don't want to play the game, um, you can do an independent study sort of yeah. thing. And he only had like three out of the fifty yeah. students or something like that to take him up on that. And everybody wow. else was just completely in it. You said he's from Toronto, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool things in Toronto. My apparently my favorite band Rush. 
Yeah, my favorite band, Rush. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Grimes is, I think, University of Toronto. She okay. is. She does a lot of work in games and education. But I've been seeing a lot more from that area. Seems That's to be cool. a hotbed. So might have to take a trip, road trip. Road trip. Let's road go. trip. <laughs> so very cool. And then you saw something that you started getting geeked out about, and I'm kicking myself because Jerry and I saw this at GLS, and I didn't touch it. Oh. And I don't think Jerry touched it either. Well, that's the same thing I heard from Steve Isaacs. Uh, he and I were t uh, talking up at uh, Games and Ed, and um, he's like, "Yeah, I saw something there called you know the Oculus or the Rift." Oh, he no. said, "I thought it was Rift, like the the uh, MMO." And so I, I thought it was a game too. And um, yeah, so so the Oculus Rift, and, and this was actually part. Um, so this was the other thing that was sort of a first for me. Uh, they um, they asked me to do the keynote, opening keynote at Games and Ed, and so I, my whole theme of my presentation was um, science fiction and video games as mm. predictors of the future of education. Mm. And so I um, talked a lot about Ready Player One. Have you guys read that? Mm -mm. No. Oh. Who's? Okay. Write, write, it down. write this down because you need to read this book. You said your favorite band is Rush. Yeah. And so so you know 80s, you know pop culture, and you know yeah. this is and, and cyberpunk culture. Ready yeah. Player One. Ernest Who wrote Klein. it? Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Yep. Oh, I just set you up, buddy. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a good book. So th that book really inspired that talk because um, of the, the the treatment of video games in it, and then what it had to say about education and and how it was used. So you know, and then I I look and oh, here's this product that's coming out probably within a year called the Oculus Rift, and and then just my my brain's like exploding with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I think we've talked about it before. You know, okay. my my ultimate is the Holodex Star yeah. Trek. Right. I mean, that's that to me is is the perfect. And I remember back in the late, it had to be late '90s. We'd have those uh, 3D glasses we'd uh -huh. wear with the computers, and we had special uh, video cards that would do it, and it just wouldn't do. It was bad. First of all, graphics back then was bad, but um, this seems to be pretty top-notch and amazing. Is it is it enveloping as much as what it seems to be? Well, now, so here's the thing. All my fanboyness here is is completely sight unseen. It's, Are you it's serious? Crazy. Yeah, I've never had my hands on one. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I know, I know. So so everything that I've seen is just based off of what I've read on the Internet and all the videos I've watched. So um, part of what I threw in my presentation at the end was a video. It's really cool if you go on YouTube and look. Um, it's It's like... Um, I think it's a guy's 90-year-old grandma has one of the dev kits, and, and they do one of the custom demos that come with it called Tuscany, and they have her walking around in it, and she's just, like, at her reaction is priceless. Wow. But now, just go and look for, on YouTube, um, Oculus Rift reactions, and the people riding the roller coasters and stuff like that. Um, and then if you look, they apparently they've got mod, um, people in the modding community have already taken and done things where Steam games can easily be Half Life. It's Half -Life I just saw it on their I just saw it on the website. Skyrim has yeah. been modded and Minecraft. I mean, can you imagine just being in your Minecraft world and <laughs> and looking around? Wow. So so the idea is you know you've got two lenses. Yeah. Um, so automatically you have the option of doing a, a 3D effect because you have two separate images. And apparently, if I'm getting my stats wrong, I apologize, but I think it's a 110 degree field of view and very, very fluid head tracking. 
And so in so up, down, wow. left, right, you know, as you're playing. And so you are in your game. And apparently one of the hot games that, that made a really big hit at E3 was um, um, EVR, which is a spinoff, as I understand it, of EVE online, but okay. it's a space combat sim. Mm -hmm. But the demo of it in Oculus Rift is you're, you're playing it, and you look around, and there's all your cockpit and instrumentation, and you've got wow. spaceships flying all around you, and so you're flying around like you're in the cockpit of the ship that you're flying. So um, I'm kicking myself that I, I, I didn't look at it. It was there. It was there. Oh man! It was there. I could. I, I could have looked at it. But you know what? I'd probably puke. I saw well, some motion sick, you know, uh, uh, warnings. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine that, that would be um, a thing. But I don't know. Um, it, it just the, watching the yeah the video that you're showing right now. <laughs> that that guy was like over the top. Like like <laughs> sit down while you're using this thing, dude. <laughs> Knocking over the. The LCD and and everything. Oh my goodness, that uh, is nuts. Yeah, I, I can't I I can't wait. There's also a good one. Um, is it Jimmy Fallon? I think or, or on the, his his late night show or whatever. Did he do that? Yeah, he demoed it. Um, one of the guys who does a lot of tech reviews and stuff brought one to his show, and they uh, they reviewed. Uh -huh. it. And he was he was like, this is incredible, and that's the re that's the response. You know, you would think eventually. Somebody's gonna come out as the critic and say, "Okay, this is just like every other VR attempt we've ever had. You know, it's it's lame, it's bad, but everybody who's doing it saying this is no, this is it. Yeah, and, this... and all a lot of longtime big name game folks are signing off on this, like you know, kind of validating it. So, wow, I no, love that's... my games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> man. Hopefully, it's there next year at GLS and yeah, I can take a peek and 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 look at it. Well, you can buy a dev kit for three hundred bucks. Oh, three hundred? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe oh, I. You're yeah. rolling in the dough. Yeah. You, you got your LCDs and Xboxes and, and Alienware. Well, that's the thing. Now, I did think about. Yeah, I still have a little bit of money left in that fund. Oh, yeah, come like, on. Maybe. Just be. Just simmer down. Simmer down. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm struggling, and you're just kind of. Uh, it's like Christmas. Well, it's Christmas. Sometimes. Oh, North Carolina. Hey, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We have some, uh, uh, I found some articles this week and just kind of getting some ideas here. I sent this off to uh, some people at Illinois State University and our, our tech person for, um, uh, you know, special ed and, you know, accessibility. And this article is called Blind Games, the Next Battleground in Accessibility. So, you know, I've heard about students who have, are visually impaired and some of the games that are out there that you get the feedback, the vibration feedback, and mm -hmm. playing through this. And so this one, this one kid uh, was playing Super Mario Brothers, and he thought, oh, okay, he, he'll, he'll try it, you know, go through it. And, and this kid was ripping through the game. So and he can't see. So they're wow. starting to do some research on accessibility with vision impairment and games and having the sensations of the games being uh, given to the to the player. That's that's kind of cool. That but is way sound cool. too. Having sound and vibrations and and, mm -hmm. and you know really working it with the uh, you know with the students and with kids. So with anybody really. So I thought that was kind of a cool one. We'll put that on the on the show links. And I don't know if you've seen this. This is a, a two-part article that I, I found 
It's called Plays the Thing. And it's basically, he's kind of going through talking about games, using games and education. This looks pretty, I've kind of skimmed through it. He's really putting some, he put some good research into this. Yeah, he, I've read that, and, and he's, he's also really good to follow. I think he's on Twitter as well. Yes. Um, yeah, good stuff. So I wanted to get that out there for everybody. If you're looking for an in or getting some more information about, um, about games and education, uh, I love the quote on Plays the Thing Part 2. It says, it, it is not enough to have a good pickaxe. The main thing is to use it well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's, that's really cool. So there was another one there. Um, the did you see this that the Xbox 360 gets indie self publishing too? No, I did not know about so, that. So, and it says as many of our fans notice, the Xbox 360 version of Pinball Arcade is no longer available in the live arcade. Our publisher, the 360 version, recently emerged from bankruptcy. It goes on. Um, uh. Let's see. However, we have some good news to share about Microsoft's just announced that indie developers like Farsight can now self-publish on Xbox Live Arcade instead of being required to find publishers for their games. Nice. So I think they're streamlining their process of getting games into the Xbox. And I'm guessing, if they're doing that, that Xbox One is going to be, um, you know, you'll be able to self-publish in Xbox One also. So that, that leads me, because I know you have Xboxes. That's why I kind of put this on here. Do you use the, uh, the Microsoft development tools? Do you use um, to create games for the Xbox? Things like Kodu and, and yeah. that sort of thing? No, at this point, we don't. Um, so it, it's possible. I, I would love to see that, that happen, because one of the things that I think... Um, that, that there's a real deficit of, at least in, in our district, and, and I would love to say, maybe this is a widespread problem, is that there's not enough emphasis on coding. And um, and I, I just, I think I saw a headline or a tweet or something recently where somebody was suggesting that, you know, maybe that ought to be, like, from elementary on up, like a required sort of thing, like we start teaching kids and learning coding and programming stuff, and um, there's no current... Um, pathway for that in our uh, in our middle schools and, and high schools. We have other vocational sorts of things, but I would love to see that happen, and I think that would be a good gateway. That's, yeah. That's interesting because that's where I see a huge separation. Now, it's because I'm in the visual arts department, so I get the kids that are less interested in coding, but we have um, some of our STEM classes that are starting to pick up coding, and so right now, we're actually trying to instead of keeping those two totally separate, we're trying to figure out ways to bring them back together because we have a strong we have a, a strong basis of kids that, that want to go that STEM coding mathematics route and then a strong basis that want to do the art route and trying to tell them that both are just as important to know because you're going to end up working with one or the other. Right. So that's, that's interesting that you say that. And we're starting to see, I'm seeing more articles on coding, you know, having, have, bringing coding to the classroom. Um, pipeline, I'm sure you saw that from Valve. Mm -hmm. You know, the, really cool. that education, uh, getting high school kids the education to learn how to code and, and put video games together. And then I just, I just got the newest edition of uh, Popular Mechanics. They talked about how a college education today, you spend all this money 
to get a college education and you're not really finding a job. And mm -hmm. the most they went through all these programs. You can spend three thousand dollars and do this job and make a good living. You can, you know, so you know it's whether it's welding or it, whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there where you don't need a four-year education uh, to get a good job. The last one that they had on there was thirty-five thousand uh, dollars for an education to become a um, basically a designer, uh, a digital designer. So. Mm -hmm. I guess there were people that were making The Hobbit, and I don't know if it was Transformers. They listed all these movies and video games that these people were working on that went through this school for digital arts. They spent $35,000, but they got a great education, and they're working on top-notch films and video games. That's cool. So we're, we're seeing a push, and colleges are getting a push. And I, I don't know about North Carolina... Um, I know you guys work pretty closely with the the universities there. You know, are they are they making changes to to help in this this area? You're starting to see a streamline of of getting educated, getting a job. Are they finally figuring this out? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if they are or not. Um, it, there, there is. There seems to be some movement in revitalizing or, or breathing some new life into. So at the K twelve level, breathing some new life into vocational education again, mm -hmm. and 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 then really kind of pushing that and um and possibly with like our community colleges and trade schools, yeah, um, and some movement there. So some reemphasis in that sort of middle section, I guess, of, of the whole, or if you would consider that even the middle section of like the academic thing, rather than um, like the bachelor's degrees and, and the pure sciences and such, but maybe more the practical technology-based stuff. So um, I think maybe we're moving in some of that direction, but I'm not positive yet. And and everything is is really kind of in flux here. There's there's some just interesting changes going on. The the problem here, well, we have a lot of problems in the state of Illinois, which I'm sure you you know hear about in the news. Other than the fact that you know we have governors that are in jail, but you know what? <laughs> yes, there you go, Jerry. Um, nice. You know, are are considered our top university, University of Illinois over in Champaign-Urbana. They're turning kids away. I mean, they're getting a ton of kids, higher level kids that are applying, and they're willing to spend the money to go to a, a university like that, a Big Ten university, and so they're not willing to change. Um, it's you know, Illinois State is where I'm at. They're seeing a drop in, in certain areas like education, uh, in the field of education, because, of course, they're messing with pensions and stuff. They're seeing drops in certain areas. They're seeing rises in others. And I think there's been discussion on you know streamlining and, and figuring out ways to make it easier to get through college, maybe save some money, and get a degree of some sort so you can find a position, a job mm -hmm. somewhere. They have to yeah. do something because it's... It, they're going to see the writing in the walls. Well, the problem is there's uh, there's been this huge push. You know, everybody goes to college. Everybody gets a four-year degree, and so everybody's doing that. They're taking on all kinds of student loans in the process. Yeah. They're coming out. They're not finding jobs, and here I'm saddled with this amazing debt, and and they and it takes them years and years and years of paying that off to suddenly wake up and realize I'm not happy. You know, and and so yeah, it's. It's it's time to rethink some of that. I don't yeah. think you know. I think for some people it's the right thing, and for other people it's maybe not. And I think that's a good thing 
I think that's a good thing in general. I, I don't think it's yeah. a bad thing that that almost. I mean, I hate to say this because they, they, how many decades did we spend in school saying everyone go to college, everyone go to college, yeah. you know, college, college, and, and that's not the right choice for everyone. And when you dwindle down some of that flooding, then maybe you can return to focusing on the areas where that really produces jobs. Because I think it's important to realize that not all of them, you know, not every area in college produces a job that you go immediately into. That would be probably my one question about that study too is, you know, like I've done studies like that after after college. You'll send me something, you know, I'll be like, Oh, you've been you graduated for two years. <laughs> Are you working in the field that your yeah. degree was in? You know what I mean? And, and some people yeah. might say no, like my roommate was in communications and he works in a business office now. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a job. It just means he's not working in the communications field. Mm-hmm. You know, so that field might the or that survey might also be something like are you working in the exact field you graduated for? Right. Yeah. And, and here's, here's the next iteration of this, and, and I'll just throw this out there, and this could be a whole other episode or two or three. <laughs> so, so take this discussion and pair with it this, the concept of the MOOC, which is yeah. MOOCs are getting huge, and the idea yeah. of badging. And, and I don't mean just like cheap levels of gamification. I mean like hardcore, like you've got this certification badge or whatever that says – you can do this, this, and this. How does that begin to maybe possibly supplant some of what we think of as typical brick-and-mortar four-year institution to get a successful life, you know, and that kind of thing? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and that, that kind of leads us to our, our last little article here. That was a good segue there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, so Schoology has just introduced this summer badges. So this is one thing that they've been, um, you know, it, it, the two top dogs in this would be Schoology and Edmodo. I've used Edmodo. Um, I, I like it. It's okay. I had some people talk to me about Schoology, and now that they have badges, which I really like, and I, I'm really liking how they integrate it into their system, it's, and I think it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think... I think we could be moving over to to Schoology. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. And I'm starting to hear more and more people talk about professional development uh, for, for educators. Yep. And we're looking at our professional, our PD model, and introducing that to uh, and adding some type of gamification to that. So there's there's a lot out there. And, you know, part of me feels icky when I say gamification, but it's... it's Same here. There's there's so many there's so many different levels. I don't I don't know. It's it's. I guess that's our question for the week. Is gamification? Yeah, that, that, that's what with me. I, I think what I fear is. Um, you know how educators do this, and I, I don't know. You know, it, something cool comes on the scene. Yeah. Interactive whiteboards. Now, interactive whiteboards are cool. That's a cool piece of technology. But when it becomes the thing, and you start flooding the classrooms with them, and I go into classrooms and I see them there and they're just used as whiteboards and or um, they, they are used to augment already bad instruction, um, and, and everybody has them because it's the thing. I, I'm, I'm worried <laughs> that games and, 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 and that subset gamification might become the thing. And and now I'm suddenly like I don't know if I want that to happen or not. And what you know will it? I, I sometimes fear that that gamification and everybody's rush to get into it will cheapen what what some of the value of it is. And and so I'm I'm very cautious and apprehensive 
uh, of, of things as I move forward now. Um, because the even the terminology is all over the place. Game-based learning, gamification, you know, serious games, educational games. Like, well, I just that people start talking. I was like, okay, stop. And like, when you say that, give me an example. What do you mean by yeah. whichever those terms you're using? Well, and uh, James O'Hagan put this out. Somebody else put it out, and I I, I got to go back into this. It was on Google Plus. Did you see that? What do you want kids to do with technology? Picture. Yes, and it was kind of split. T chart. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wrong answers. Make prezies yes. smart. You know, start blogs, create wordles, so on and so forth. Produce videos, post Edmodo, develop apps, whatever. The right answers are raise awareness, start conversations, find answers to their questions, join partners, change minds, make a difference, take action. It, it technology is a tool. It's not a learning outcome. Right. And games are one tool. It's a very good tool. But not all, not all kids, not all teachers are meant to use that tool. Yeah. It's actually, it actually can be a dangerous outcome because <laughs> we, yeah. we preach that in uh, in in art, you know, because we're constantly dealing with new technology yeah. and the programs that create them, you know. And if you create something that uh, program, you know, if you bombard a kid with a program and then it falls off the market what have you just given that kid you know we, we teach content over program or content over you know application yeah. all, all the time yeah yeah I think that's it's and when I show this today because I did a um, presentation actually I was teaching about how to use a certain product whiteboard today uh, so and I kinda showed that to him and saying that you know it's this whiteboard's great. It can do some awesome things, but it's just one tool. My yeah. wife can use a chalkboard, an overhead projector, and ditto sheets, <laughs> and do very well. So I just had a flashback of that smell. Sorry, of <laughs> them coming off that machine, you know. Yeah, I, I haven't used that my first couple of years of teaching. That's how old I am. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't live without a washing machine, but you also wouldn't do your dishes in it. <laughs> that's really? that's my that's my nugget for the day. Wow, that's a good nugget. Wow, that's that's the alternate title, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's our alternate title. Hey, one last thing, and then I want you to uh, promote your website and any other things you want to do. So, did you have an eduwin this week? That is hashtag e d u w i n. Remember, PBS and EdReach are collecting education wins by going to www.whatisyoureduwin.com. Anyone can submit a eduwin to help us shape the conversation of education into a positive one. If you see an innovation, a story, a moment happen, be a citizen reporter and tell the world, submit an eduwin at whatisyoureduwin.com, and let's change the story of education. And that kind of goes along with kind of what we were talking about before the show, wasn't it, Lucas? Yeah. Changing the story. Changing the conversation. Changing the conversation. That's right. So where Taking can charge. You, what's that? Taking charge. Taking charge. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so your your home space uh, would be Edge Realms, correct? Yes. That Anything? is my home space. My yep. pad. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. I, I point yep. people here a lot. Um, now, I keep Speaking telling... taking charge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Hey, um, so he's good. He's good. Jerry's good. That's uh, what I do. It's what he do. So here's the thing. Here's my question. Yeah. Do I use? I say this a lot, and I think you told me about this. When you use World of Warcraft, you've had teachers 
use it uh, in ELL situations, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, it, we've had some um, some uh, ELL students in our program. Um, Peggy Sheehy in um, Suffern, New York, yeah. has had some students um, who are um, learning English as a, as a second language um, also in her program as well. And they would play the English-only servers? Yes. And then there are Spanish servers, correct? There are, which could interestingly work in reverse. Right. Yep. And I actually mentioned that to a Spanish teacher that's up in the, the Chicago area, and that intrigued him tremendously. He's like, yeah. that is really cool. He spent a year in Spain, you know, learning language and everything. He's it's like, by immersion. Yeah, by immersion. And guess what? You could do in the comfort of your home and it's play right. a game at the same time. Spent a year in Azeroth, <laughs> learning Spanish. <laughs> is that in Spain? <laughs> Something like that. No, 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 no. Anything else that's going on that you're uh, doing? Yeah, let's see. Um, just. Um, just interesting things. Um, right now, uh, I'm, I'm doing some side work in a 3D game lab, yeah. um, and, and just continue to watch that evolve. Um, because if, you, know, you talk about gamification, um, I, I think they're doing it right. So Chris and Lisa um, have put together something that's amazing, and uh, it is is continuing to develop. I think it's going to continue to go mainstream. I just I'm I can't wait to see. I know there's exciting things that are going to continue to come out. Have they out made there. some connections here recently with anybody? Um, yeah, I think. Um, don't want to say. <laughs> I thought I read something somewhere, but if you're not supposed to say, yeah, don't say it. Like, I think it's out there, and, and Chris gives you a yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, it's no. out there. So, so they connected. I know they're they're they partnered with. Um, oh gosh, and I forget the name of the company. So some, uh, it's an organization that does online learning. Okay. Um, not not one of the big ones that I've I've no offense but not one of the like the <laughs> big big ones that I uh, I've heard of it but it's one that's out there and okay. pretty, pretty popular and it's interesting because we just started um, uh, some of us that are teaching through uh, 3D Game Lab are, are doing Team Game Lab uh, and so um, it's mostly focused on team game design so I'm actually teaching a series of quests on um, using Minecraft and creating adventure maps to tell stories and through gaming in Minecraft. Some of them are doing ga uh, Game Maker, um, Sploder, uh, doing game reviews and stuff. So really cool stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Lucas, as always, because you are Thank a you. foe, friend of Ed Gamer. Jerry just loves that every time. I, it bugs him. <laughs> it bugs him. And I just love saying it because it bugs him. Yeah, okay, so... Okay, you got to have your thing, right? Got to have my thing. Uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Appreciate Thank it. You. And anytime. And uh, Jerry, you're awesome. Thanks, buddy. You are awesome, Jerry. Yeah, yeah you're awesome. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Wow, Jerry. Have a great week. Go to the beach. I'm going back to Mexico. <laughs> play guitars. Going back to Mexico. <laughs> I survived. Oh my Did you already go? Yeah. Okay. This is it. I'm back already. You're back? Bye. Hey, that's, that's, uh, From Mexico. Yeah, you, you know, kind of... You know what's disturbing? This background actually doesn't look as nice as my view from the beach that I had. It was pretty amazing. We had a great hotel room. Wow. Yeah. It was It was a nice relaxation. Thanks. Still on my to-do list. Go to a beach like that. Yeah. All right. I should probably end the broadcast. Now. Yeah, you probably should. Okay. <laughs>